Hey friends, I appreciate you tuning in to the Deal Farm Podcast, where I hope you feel at least mildly entertained and possibly even inspired to take big action towards improving your life and your business. On this episode, Kevin and I talk about the five reasons I think the real estate market won't crash in 2023. We also visit with our good friend, Carrie Forsyth out of Erie, Pennsylvania, and explore her journey from corporate world to full-time flipper. Hope you enjoyed today's episode as much as I did. Hey, Ken. Hey, man. How you doing? I'm hungry. Uh, hey, welcome to the Deal Farm, Mr. Hungry. Yeah, so what's the deal today, man? Well, the deal is we're back. After a one-year hiatus, I took 2022 off from the Deal Farm and uh feels good to have a co-host. Never really had a co-host before. So good cheers, to be here. cheers to that. Yeah. Um, but I'm hungry, too. This is odd. We're starting off the 2023 hungry. I don't know if that's good. Is that because we're both dieting? Yeah, so, you know, kicking off the podcast again, drug me along for it, and we're both on a diet with our family. We got a bunch of family members on a diet trying to lose some weight, and I'm hungry. Now, for me, when I'm hungry and I'm on a diet, I'm trying to lose weight, I'm all about the dill pickles, man. Dill pickles, <laughs> zero calories, and it fills you up. Except your blood pressure is through the roof because you're just pounding the <laughs> sodium day in and day out. I mean, I'm with you. I, I can, I like a good pickle myself. Uh, but like, I don't need to eat five or 10 pickles in a day either. That's a lot of sodium. No, yeah, I'm, I'm not a five pickle a day kind of guy. I'm not, I'm not having that much. And I go into dill, the chips, I'm going with the dill pickle chips, right? So you can yeah. just kind of, yeah, good, good. Call. But a lot of, you know, so what are you doing to lose weight? Like, what are you doing? What is your plan this year? Um, I just want to comment on, I love the fact that we don't have to dive right into real estate, that we can talk about pickles, <laughs> right? At the very beginning of all this, because here's the pickles. deal. Like I've talked real estate for how many years now? And I got to be honest, I burned out a little bit last year. And I was like, oh, I'm going to take some time off of this. And so part of us coming back with the deal farm is here's the deal with the deal farm is we're going to talk about whatever the heck we want to talk about. That's right. That's right. Well, and so this last year we launched Red Barn Home Buyers, the franchise for for Red Barn, which has been fun and meeting a lot of new people. But it's just fun working together and doing yeah. this. And so podcast just to kind of share that as well. Yeah, yeah, that's that is new. So uh, for the for those of you that are, this is my brother Kevin. For for those of you that don't know Kevin, Kevin has uh, been in academia for many many years, and I dragged him into my world of real estate this last year, and we've uh, launched. Red Barn Homebuyers franchise, which has been a lot of fun. And now uh, we're going to, you know, cap off our launching of a business with a launching, a relaunching of the Deal Farm podcast. So how about that? That's right. And, and what a year to, to relaunch the podcast and, and get this franchise up and running when real estate is going a little wacky. Like we're going it's into a, a kind of a weird year and pe yeah. people are getting a little puckered up with well, what's going to happen this next year. Yep. Uh, which honestly, I love. I, I was honestly, I was a little burnt out on this crazy hot, you know, seller's market that was just out of control. It's like, man, we need a reset. And uh, and as usually happens in market cycles, there's been a nice hard reset here. And we're, we're trending back towards a normal market. Everybody's freaking out. This guy's following, but we're, no, we're trending back towards a normal market where people can buy and sell equally. And it's not heavily favored towards the sellers. That's right. You know, we talked to a lot of franchisees too that asked the same question. And what I always say is, hey, people were thinking the sky was falling back in 2008, and it was. And that is when I started my business. 
And that's when my business took off was in 2008 because it created all sorts of opportunities in real estate. And I think it's not the same. I'm not necessarily comparing the two, uh, but there, I think there's, there's going to be all sorts of opportunities this year for real estate investors. I don't know. What are your thoughts? Now on back in, well, back in 2008, I mean, there, there were tons. I mean, the, the, the market just got flooded with potential homes. It seems like we're, it's very different now. Like there are no homes for sale. Like you, you, if you're looking at Zillow or, you know, one of the other, you know, MLS listings, there's just, there's not a lot out there right now. Why is no. that? Like what's going on? Well, and you didn't even mean to do this, but that's a phenomenal segue into one of my topics. That's the brother thing. That's, that's the, the brother, brother thing. thing. Right Look there. at that. Just, we're, you know, mm -hmm. we're off to a good start. So, you know, I was trying to pull some content together for the newsletter and did a little bit of research. I've been digging in and I, and I personally don't feel like we're going to have some big, massive crash in terms of real estate in 2023. And so I actually came up with five reasons why I don't think we're going to have a real estate market crash in 2023. Wow. And I backed it up with data. I didn't just pull it out of my rear end. Even though you are a reliable source, you are your own source of data. But so, okay, you got some research for us. I can, academia. Tell me the research. All right. Show me your sources. Well, I'm not going to tell you all my sources. Some of it is out of my brain, but, uh, but let's dive into number one. All right. So the number one reason you just alluded to that is that inventory is still tight. In fact, right now, I think nationally, we're at like 3.3 months of supply, which is half of what they want to see in terms of like a balanced market. So there's still pent up demand. I mean, if you're a buyer right now and you're out there looking, you're, it's, you're running into some of the same issues. It's like, where are all the houses? There's just not as many yeah. houses as you would think if the market was, you know, in a free fall. Yeah. So, so what about for real estate investors? Is this, is that a bad thing? There's just nothing to buy out there right now. Well, again, as we, as we tell folks that as a real estate investor, you're probably not looking at on-market properties anyways. And we talk about inventory, yeah. it's, it's on-market inventory. You know, as a real estate investor, you should be looking for off-market inventory. That's where the deals are found. And right now is no different. I don't, maybe in certain small markets, there's opportunities to buy good investments on the MLS, but by and large, there's still not. I mean, the, the mm -hmm. housing prices haven't just tanked now. You've got a few choice markets that got overheated and probably have, have come back pretty quickly. But most markets have seen, you know, modest declines or just sort of a cooling off. And so I don't know. It's I don't almost like a pause, like a pause, like they just kind of hit plateau, maybe a little bit. And yeah. Yeah. So that leads me into uh, number two. We're just going to whip through these. Number two yeah. is is specifically in relation to new construction. And this is an interesting uh, metric is that, you know, the, every month they, they talk to home builders about their confidence in the market. And for the last 12 months in a row, home builders have been negative about mm -hmm. home builder confidence. Well, January, this January was the first time in 12 months that there, there was actually an uptick in builder confidence. It actually rose four points. So what does that tell you? Yeah. This home starts are down. There's no, I mean, crap, we're a, we're a builder. Our home start starts are down too, because everybody was sort of cautiously waiting to see what happened. Well, January, this is the first month where there's been an uptick in optimism from builders. And, you know, a big part of our inventory issue over the last several years has been, we haven't built enough houses. And, you know, and it's, if we haven't built enough houses, our supply is already low and builders aren't starting new houses. Then we're just kind of digging a deeper hole. Well, now finally, there's a you know slight rebound in home builder confidence. To me, that's a good sign, you know, going into 2023. So, what about Red Barn construction for new? What, what, what's the plan here at Red Barn for this next year? 
Um, you know, we've got a pretty nice pipeline. I, actually, at Red Barn Construction, you know, we do a lot of mostly custom houses, a few specs here and there, mostly custom houses. Um, and we got a pretty good pipeline, but they're, they're long pipelines. You know, new con custom construction is a 12-month process. So we had a lot of folks already in the hopper going into this year. And I could tell, you know, there was a, it was definitely slowed down in November, December. Any real estate professional will tell you everything felt like it slowed down in, in November, December. But our agents in January are feeling an uptick. I think the leads for our new construction, there's an uptick. We just got a contract last week on a new construction home. So I can feel it in, you know, being active in the marketplace ourselves. I can feel that, that there's been an uptick in optimism. And so I think that's going to play out into 2023. Now with custom homes, I mean, those, those are typically the more expensive homes. They're higher end homes. You know, people are bringing more money to the table. It's it's surprising to hear that. Yeah, you know, we've got an uptick. There's more demand because people's dollars aren't going as far. Mortgage rates are higher than they've been in years, and yet there's this uptick. Well, what do you see going on with the mortgage uh, rates this next year? Um, well, that's a great segue, Kevin. Yet again. <laughs> Into number three. It's almost like you have the show notes in front of you. It's almost like you do. They're, they're right there. Oh, man. Either way, it was a great segue. So, you know, mortgage rates are actually stabilizing right now. In fact, they've been, they've actually trended down slightly over the last month or so. So they're sort of stabilizing around six, which to me is a good thing. People don't feel like they're going to continue to rise. And interesting, the senior economist at the National Association of Realtors actually thinks they've that this that the sales that have slowed down as a result of mortgage interest rates mm -hmm. have probably bottomed out. And Which it's is crazy. What what, is that, what what rate did you get on the first house you ever bought? First house I ever bought 1999 I paid over set. I was elated to get 7.5% back in 1999. And that was that was a great rate back then. In 2000 I was at 8. I was 8%. at 8%. Yeah, nobody batted an eye at 8% in 2000 no. when I bought my first house. Yeah, it, it, and and I had a second at like 12 or 13 percent and that <laughs> right. was that's what people paid and nobody thought twice about it we've just been so spoiled for the last several years and sort of artificially low interest rates historically speaking six is a good rate and i think people just need to wrap their heads around the fact that six is a good rate yeah and if we've hit sort of the end of this this, this trend it's like it's going to land at six that that's not a bad spot to land right yeah Yep. And, and I honestly, I think that we're actually going to trend below six later this year. I think when some data comes out, maybe in May, and I'm not, I'm, it's not me, me just being this, I'm hearing this from other uh, economists that I think the rates are actually later in the year going to even creep down a little bit lower. And to, if we're in the five, five and a half to six range this year, those are good rates. I don't think that's, mm -hmm. that's going to hinder people from buying real estate. If anything, I think if we're dipping into the fives, you're going to see a, a quick uptick. All right. So next, you know, the, the business, Red Barn Home Buyers, really skyrocketed back in 08, 09, 10. And part of the reason was there were so many foreclosures. A lot of money hit, a lot of properties hit, hit the market. People just couldn't afford. That's not what we're seeing right now, right? I mean, you know, item number four really is you're not seeing as many foreclosures. Another good segue, Kevin. Another good segue into number four. I agree. There's not going to be a lot of, there's not going to be, there are, there's not going to be a lot of foreclosures is the bottom line. And, and, the, and the, one of the primary reasons we're not going to see a lot of foreclosures is because homeowners have equity, right? The people that got decent loans uh, and, and, and got to experience all this quick appreciation own their houses and have 50% equity in, in, in most cases. They have a lot of equity in their houses where back in 2008, 9, 10, 11, 
it was much skinnier. Prices dropped. All of a sudden, people were upside down. And that's when you see a lot of foreclosures. Well, here, if you're in financial straits, you lost your job, you're not necessarily going to lose your house. You're probably just going to sell your house, right? Mm-hmm. And, and, and get out from under it, make the money that, that's there versus getting foreclosed on because you're upside down. You just don't mm-hmm. have folks underwater like we did in the Great Recession. No, even, so I, I don't have a... Go ahead. Well, I was going to say, you know, I remember going into COVID and they placed the moratorium on foreclosures. And there were all these whispers like, oh man, here, oh, it's building. It's building. When we get out of this moratorium, there's going to be a lot of foreclosures. And it just hasn't happened. There's been a, some... But again, people have too much equity to be getting foreclosed on that. And the loans that have been that have been underwritten for the last several years have been good loans. It's not like, again, in 06, 07, 08, when loans were being handed out like candy, they were bad loans is the bottom line. And that's why a lot of people defaulted. You combine bad loans with being upside down, you're going to have a lot of defaults. Well, we've had good loans and people have equity. So you're not going to see the same sort of foreclosure activity that's going to you know, tank our market. I don't think we're going to see it this year. Mm-hmm. All right. So last one, recession. I mean, we're, we're moving into a recession. All the numbers say we're, we're into a recession. What does that do to home buyers? Like, well, are we just going to have fewer home buyers out there? Well, I don't, again, I think it still remains to be seen whether we actually go into recession or not. And I think there's just a mixed bag in terms of economists of, are we going to go into recession? Aren't we going to go into recession? And a big part of that is what is the job market going to do? Well, if you look at the job market today, it's, Fairly strong, actually. Unemployment's at a half century low as we speak. And so, yeah, growth is slowed a little bit. But to me, to have a real crash in the in the housing sector, you have to see a lot of people losing their jobs, right? Because then they can't afford houses anymore. And we're not seeing that right now. And I'm not convinced, even if the job market cools, I'm not going to, th- I don't think it's going to cool to the extent that it's going to have a big effect on the housing market. Again, this is just me. I could be wrong. I don't have a crystal ball, but that's, you do have a podcast. I have a podcast. That means I know what I'm talking. They wouldn't put me on Apple iTunes, Kevin, if I didn't know yeah. what the heck I was talking about. Either that or crystal ball, one or the other. But you got a podcast, one, so that's why we listen. One, one or the other. So again, all that said, I think if you're sitting on the sideline just waiting for lower prices, you might you might be disappointed this year. Mm-hmm. I, I think in you know in terms of off market opportunities, I think there's going to be opportunities in the off market realm. I think that our franchisees are actually going to do really well in terms of acquisitions this year, because you've got a lot of folks that will be in some amount of trouble that you want to get out from under them. I don't think a lot of those houses are going to hit the MLS. I think they're going to be traded sort of in the off market realm. And so for our franchisees, for us personally, I think we're going to have some good opportunities to acquire properties. But again, I don't think it's going to trickle onto the MLS in a way that has a big effect on the housing market in general. Yeah, you know, so Red Barn Home Buyers, we officially launched. I think we brought our first first franchisee on. It was around June, first of June. Yep. And first year, we just signed our 26th franchisee. So, you know, we're off to a great start here, seven, seven months in. We've had some great people join. We've experienced some great success. It's been a lot of fun. I mean, I, I, I think you and I are having a lot of fun. It's great seeing people get out of corporate world and come into this. And, you know, as you walk through these five points, I think there's a lot of reason to be very optimistic and really excited about why, you know, what's ahead, particularly for, for people getting into real estate investing as a full-time gig. I agree 100%. I think it is a phenomenal time for somebody looking into get to, into real estate investing. This, to me, is a great year to get into that, again, because I think there's going to be buying opportunities. And that's really why we created Red Barn Home Buyers, 
not to make this one giant commercial. We'll try not to do that on the deal farm, but this first episode, it, I think it does make sense to let's bring on, you know, one of our franchisees who, who did quit her job, started full-time in real estate investing last year. And let's just talk about her experience. Like what is, what has she seen? What, what sort of successes and challenges has she had? And, uh, and I think she, to me is a good indicator of, you know, that, that person that wants to get out of corporate world. What does it look like for them? Is there, is there opportunity for upside? And I say, we bring her on, Kevin, what do you think? Harry Forsyth, Harry Forsyth, one of our first franchisees, man, we are excited. Let's get her on the show. Sounds good. Carrie, thanks so much for coming on the show. Welcome to the Deal Farm. How you doing? Good morning. Very good. Thank you. Good. Well, for our listeners, maybe tell everybody where you are from and where you're living and where you're operating your business. Sure. Right now, I eh, well, I've always lived in Erie, Pennsylvania. Right now, it's snowing and beautiful, but <laughs> nice. it makes it hard when it comes to to flipping houses. It does slow down progress. <laughs> yeah, I can imagine. Yeah, winter's probably a little bit tricky. Yep. So Erie, Pennsylvania, for those folks that don't know, that is, you're like right on the Great Lakes, right? I am. I am. Yeah, it's a 10-minute drive for me. Wow. So you guys get that wonderful lake effect snow, I imagine. We do. We do. Not as bad as Buffalo, but, you know, we we are not strangers to having snow. So, you know, we fight the elements and, uh, you know, do the best we can do. Try to work inside whenever it's snowing and, and, and cold and and uh, outside when it's beautiful. Man, I believe that I can't even imagine trying to do exterior work in in, in the winter in a place like here. That's got to be tricky. Last year we had a tarp up over a porch while we were trying to redo the the porch just to keep the snow from taking over. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> wow. that, and that's classic. That's classic Rust Belt, isn't that? Isn't that considered part of the Rust Belt there? Uh yeah, Pittsburgh's more the Rust Belt, but yeah, we uh, you know. Used to be very, uh, what do I want to say? There was a lot of industry in here, uh, you know, 25 years ago, and it's all, you know, turned more of a a, a place for um, tourists in the summertime and that kind of thing. Fishermen like to come here in the in the mm. summer, so mm-hmm. people do a lot of ice fishing too. But we haven't gotten that cold yet. So interesting. Well, uh, for those that don't know, Carrie has the privilege of being one of our first franchisees at Red Barn Home Buyers, and so we thought it'd be interesting to get you on, and and kind of hear your story. You know, how did you? What were you doing before you got into real estate, and what's it been like? You know, since you've been a full time real estate investor. Sure, um, I was uh, in corporate America for many years. I had gone to school uh, later, and. Um, uh, the last 11 years, I worked at a, the the company that everyone tries to get into in Erie, Pennsylvania, and uh, you know, worked there for 11 years and um, did well. But uh, during that time, I, I had the unfortunate situation where my son passed away. And um, during that time, as much of a struggle it was, obviously, I t- had taken some time off, went back, and... Uh, got a, a went from a buyer to a commodity manager and although it was a great job um after covid they asked me to come back to the same desk that i sat in when my son was sick and when i was struggling with with hospitals and and you know that kind of thing and um i just said no i'm i'm not coming back and uh 
to that. You know, we've been working from home for two years. There's no reason everything I do is for out of state anyway. I did a lot of traveling during COVID and uh, I, I decided that, you know, it didn't make sense. My husband and I had been uh, tinkering in, in flipping houses, you know, on the side um, while I was working, you know, so um, we we were comfortable in the space of, of flipping houses and I had just decided, you know what, I, I cannot do both. I can't, you know, work on houses and commit to it and get them done in a, in a quick fashion like they should be uh, until I actually take that jump. And uh, we were introduced to, um, actually, we saw your show <laughs> of uh, Red Barn where you gave away a franchise. And so that triggered our, our research, right? We started looking into it, learned more about the company and decided, you know what, now's the time because uh, the company wasn't taking care of what I needed. And I felt, you know, it, these aren't people who care about me. So I needed to find somewhere where it was a little bit more uh, personable. Yeah, yeah. Now you've been in corporate America. I mean, that, that's a steady salary, benefits, very different opening your own business, you know, having your own company working from home. That's a risk, right? That, that's a, that's a big change. What was the impetus to, you know what, I want to own my own thing and not just find a, a work from home arrangement with another corporation. Sure. Well, it is a big risk because, you know, and, and, and I know I've been asked, you know, what's my goal for the first year. My goal was to replace my income. Now I started in August um, with uh, my first leads and, uh, you know, I, I know what, what, you know, it takes to replace six figures. So I was very nervous about it, but put my head down and, and have gone into it. Now I also want to build, um, wealth. So, you know, my goal for the first part of the year was to, um, get some rentals, which I have three rentals right now and one, um, flip that. I'm, I'm working on actually I've made a deal with the contractor so it's great he's somebody I met through uh, one of my leads at Red Barn and um, he's managing that whole project and I visit every once in a while <laughs> and deliver some material that's about it so it works out really great because you know I find I found a like-minded person you know I think it's really important to bring in like-minded people whenever you know you're trying to build a business and uh, he's somebody that I, I can count on. Um, so when that part of the, that is set up, I've got some real estate um, rentals going and, and, and that working on. And now my goal for the beginning of this year is to uh, work on some wholesale so that I can, you know, actually replace that income. Um, those other things are, are going to be building me wealth, but I, I need to be able to actually replace that income. And come April, when I'm selling a few houses, I plan on doing it. <laughs> you know, I think it's really important to have a plan, you know, and, and, and initially, you know, I had sat down and thought about like, what's it going to take to be able to replace what I was earning? So I love your approach to the real estate and it's, it's way we coach a lot of our folks that come into the franchise is don't just focus on one thing. It's like you said, you've got wholesale deals for just replacing income, you know, paying bills and whatnot. Flips, you know, to occasionally just pop a big deal and put a lot of money in your bank account. 
but then rentals for building wealth. And they're all three sort of different strategies. And I love the fact that right out of the gates, you're already thinking about that approach. Like as long as I can replace my income, but over here, if I can pick up four or five rentals this year, and now I'm building long-term wealth, I think it's such a smart approach to real estate. Yeah, I mean, you know, I, I guess sitting back and looking at your own situation is really, really important, you know, being able to, you know, I want to leave, you know, wealth to my children, my grandchildren, and be able to to know that everybody's taken care of. But um, I also know the here and now, you, you know, these these houses don't buy themselves. So you have got to have some money to, to be able to uh, get going with. So um, it's important to keep turning them over at the same time. Yep. It yeah. is a little bit of a balance, right? To, you know, wholesale some deals, put some money in your bank account. And now you've got some money if you need to put some equity into a deal or you need a down payment of some sort. And that's the that's the other beautiful thing about this space is you can legitimately make money without having to buy anything, right? You just wholesale houses, you're assigning contracts and you're putting money in your bank account, even if you didn't necessarily have the bandwidth to buy houses. It's a way that you can get in the space. It's how you get started. Right. Well, I will tell you, my my attorney was like, couldn't you just start with one? I have found a deal. <laughs> I, I went to the dentist and, you know, this is another thing I would also always recommend is, you know, be passionate about what you're doing. And and when people ask, tell them. So my the the woman who was cleaning my teeth said, you know, you know, what do you do for a living? I said, I used to work here and now I buy and sell houses. And she started talking about how her father-in-law owns a lot of properties around um, a local college. And I said, so that's who owns those houses. I've always wondered who owns those houses in that area because I went to school there. And, uh, and uh, so he, he uh, gave me a call and, you know, he's looking to sell 11 properties um, in that, you know, he wants to retire. So knowing, you know, her, which I really didn't know her and, and turned into, you know, a very large deal. But my attorney's like, couldn't you just start with one? <laughs> Instead of 11. <laughs> He's feeling a little overwhelmed with, because in Pennsylvania, this is not a common practice. The wholesaling thing is not exactly, because we have a, a transfer tax that, you know, so it's not as, uh, it's not as uh, well, liquid as, as what you would be doing in, you know, another state probably. Right. I do love portfolio deals though. We've done a handful of those over the years. And when you can knock down 10 deals or we've done 30 at a time before, it's, it's kind of nice to, you, you, you come and you come across these landlords that have owned houses for some period of time and they're burnt out. They're ready to sell. They're ready to cash out. And if you're there, you're well networked. You've got the right leads. It can be a real lucrative opportunity to flip a lot of houses at one time or wholesale a lot of properties at one time, which is great. So, Carrie, now that you're out of corporate world, how is your life different? Are you talking about, you know, swinging deals at the dentist office and networking? <laughs> Just day to day. You know, how is your life different now than it was when you were in corporate life? Um, I'm not strapped to a chair all day long, which is a huge thing for me, you know, to be so, you know, inactive. You know, my job required me to either be traveling or be at a chair and um, in front of my computer. And, you know, it, it's hard to feel good if you're not out and about every day, even though, you know, we've got terrible weather. Well, some people think it's terrible weather, <laughs> but at least I'm able to go, okay, you know what? I need to get away from the desk and I'm gonna drive over to this property and just check on things and make sure everything's moving forward, you know, and it breaks up my day. Um, I feel, you know, a little, a lot healthier, not having to, you know, just be strapped to a chair for, lack of a better word. Um, 
That's awesome. It's, it's been a lot of fun. You know, I, I think great. I'm meeting a lot new, a lot of new people. Um, the challenge is finding good contractors who, who, you know, you can have faith in, but um, you know, because you need to be able to trust them and, and, uh, and, and know that they have your best interest and that, you know, you're, they're going to be there and available for the next one. So. I remember when I uh, left the corporate world, I think the word that came to mind was liberating. I just remember how those first couple weeks of not reporting to an office, not clocking in and clocking out was just so liberating. It's like, I am working mm -hmm. for myself. Now, doesn't mean I didn't put more, I think I probably put more hours in, but they were still sure. the most fulfilling hours because it was me. I was working for me. It was, did you have that same sense when you, when you stopped reporting for duty at a corporate job? Yes, I, I I have to say I had a business, you know, years ago, 15 years ago, I, I owned my own salon. And, you know, so I knew what I was kind of getting myself into owning my own business. You know, it is, you know, you want to spend more time doing it, at least for me, I want to spend more time doing it. It's not um, something that I, you know, dread <laughs> every day, you know, yeah. to be able to, uh, you know, not have somebody tell me, you know, you're going to come back to this office and you're going to sit in this chair. You know, it's just like, no, no I'm not. <laughs> I'm not doing yeah. that. So, you have some autonomy now. You're your own boss. Yeah, you have a great, you have a great life. <laughs> and now you just recently won an award as well, right? I mean, you kind of went from tinkering with real estate on the side. Now you're doing it full time. You got a Red Barn Home Buyer franchise and you just won an award. Tell us about that. Sure. One of the things that um, I learned from, uh, from joining the franchise was, you know, to get involved in local activities. And so, you know, I had put myself out there with our apartment association and um, started going to meetings, met a lot of people and um, what they, they, I didn't know this was even a thing, but they have a awards program for, um, for rentals that get fixed up and for flips that get fixed up. And um, I had been working on, before I started with uh, Red Barn, I had been working on a house that was down down the road for me. My my real estate uh, my real estate uh, agent called me one day and said, "House just went for sale by you," and I knew exactly what house she had been talking about. I was looking at it for years, and uh, she I said, 15 minutes, I'll see you there," and uh, made it made an offer you know, probably paid too much for it <laughs> because I wanted it, you know, okay. and, uh, you know, long story short, it was, it was, it's actually the house with tarp over it in the snow, <laughs> oh but so we, uh, bought that house, did a lot of work to it. It was 120 years old, beautiful craftsman style house. And I had always wanted to do a craftsman, but it is actually between me and my daughter. So I see it all the time. And um, I really wanted that house because I always wanted to redo a, a craftsman. And um, so we did. And uh, I put it in for the award and actually won first place on that. So that's awesome. A lot of fun, you know, because, of course, it wasn't something when I was doing the house that I was planning on doing. But I already have next year's winner <laughs> planned out. Oh, hilarious. That's hilarious. great. And what was it? The, there was a local award. It is. Um, we have an apartment association for Erie, Pennsylvania that, uh, you know, they, you know, have been established for years and um, have a lot of great tools that, you know, you can pull from. And, you know, so it's a it's a great organization and it's also been very helpful. We had a, 
landlord 101 class that a friend and I had gone to. And, you know, it's just been, it's been a lot of fun, you know, being able to get more involved in that and having the time to do it. You know, honestly, mm -hmm. when I was working, I would not have been able to spend that time because, you know, it, it's not that it's a lot of time. It's, they have a meeting once a month, but, you know, like the classes take longer and, and that kind mm -hmm. of thing. So, um, mm. you know, I was, I was glad I was able to do that and, and, uh, you know, got a little lucky and got into that and won that award. That's so. awesome. Well, and like you said, you might've overpaid a little bit and we've done that before where we've wanted to do a house. Cause we knew that after product was going to be so good yep. and we maybe potentially overpay a little, meaning we didn't maybe make as much on the back end, but there's something to be said for credibility. And so for you winning an award in your community, got all sorts of credibility. Now, when you're talking with sellers, you're talking with agents, you're talking with lenders, especially when it comes to private lending. And now you're building out this portfolio of before and afters. It creates so much credibility. And for you, sort of in your first year of business, being able to build that track record is huge. It'll make it well, that much easier. Yeah. And one of the things that I loved about this house was um, it's kind of on a heavily traveled road that, you know, but yet still we're close to town and, and, and has privacy so it's in a unique spot but people will go by and see it and be like honk and you know you're doing a great job <laughs> and then the greatest part about this house was two generations had come back to see you know they they they're like you know i used to live here and you know this soldier gentleman um he stopped and he would come back and check on me every couple of weeks, basically, to see how far he's like, I can't believe, I don't know how to explain this to my sister. And he would take pictures and that kind of thing. Well, the day before the open house, he brought his sister. She's 82 years old and walked her through it. And, you know, she, they were just so elated. And the house had changed so much. Of course, I had, you know, moved some walls out of the bathroom and they just could not believe that it could be what it was and you know to hear them say you know mom would have been so happy you know to know that it's you know it's all better now you know so it was a lot of fun that's, that's I, awesome. we've done that on many occasions where the, the the previous family came back and were just amazed and that's all the feel goods to flipping it's the stuff a lot yeah. of times we don't even talk about sometimes it's just the feel goods restoring something that had been dilapidated especially when you see the previous owners come back and and really appreciate what you've done that's always a good feeling and they love living there they love that house and i you know said that well that's kind of my goal is to make sure okay here's two generations now two two more generations can yeah. go through here without so a lot of work you talk about family and you said that the house was between you and your daughter's house a lot of people that get into real estate investing do it as a family do it as a couple they do it with their adult kids or even you know their their, their older parents What's your approach been as far as involving family in this business? Well, one of our first flips actually was my daughter's house. She um she had moved back up here from Pittsburgh and um and we were driving through this wonderful neighborhood close to us and um she said, "Mom, or not, she actually was driving through this neighborhood when we said um, I had said, wouldn't it be nice if we could find a nice little ranch that we could fix up?" And, you know, in this neighborhood, kids would be going to a great school district. You know, her kids were babies at the time. And um, I was working at Corporate America and got a phone call just before lunch. And she said, Mom, do you remember that neighborhood we were driving through? And, <laughs> and she said, a sign just went in a window and it's a ranch. And I was like, 
first of all, we've been driving around for months, so no, I don't remember which house. So she gave me the address. We went there and, you know, I walked the house, came back to my office and it was a, it was a, a auction site. So I bid and got the house. You know, fortunately, you know, we did, we did fix it up. We did, uh, you know, a lot of work to it because the ceiling was falling in and needed a new roof, et cetera. And um, that was eight years ago. And, you know, we had about a hundred into it today. I could sell it for two seventy all day long. So, wow. you know, for her, it built her a lot of equity. She, she, you know, she only is now probably 50,000. I mean, I set her up to be able to be successful and my grandchildren are in, you know, they have friends in the neighborhood you know, it's close to everything. It's the neighborhood. Everybody wants, tries to get into and that houses just don't go for sale. <laughs> oh my gosh. So we got really lucky. Yeah. So my, my son actually had bought a house last year and, and he's helping me with the physical part, you know, whenever I need to move a door or whatever, you know, he's there. So, you know, he's learning the business. He, he want, he's been saving his money to, cause he just bought his own house last year. He's, you know, ready to buy a second um, rental. He, when he bought his house, it ironically had a house, a little house next door that he rents out. So he he's all happy that you know he's got a tenant paying his rent, <laughs> paying he's his house rent. hacking. He's already house hacking. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah, he's on it. He's on it. He's he's gonna be yeah. He's gonna be set. I mean, I'm really excited for him because you know he he sees that vision and he's 27 years old. So you know, I don't I know I don't have to worry about him. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, you're building a legacy and that's really what real estate does. I mean, you, yes, you build wealth when you build rentals, but you're also instilling, hopefully in your, in your kids, the same ability to not necessarily just always flip houses, but to build equity. How do you buy a house and put some money into it and now sit on it for eight years and you got 170 grand in equity. You're setting your kids and your grandkids hopefully up for the future to, you know, where so many people get stuck in the rental rut or buying above their means. But if you can pass that on to the, you know, future generations. What a gift. What a legacy that is. Yeah. Yep. I, I you know, it, it is really rewarding knowing that they actually heard some of the things I've said. <laughs> That's right. yeah, exactly. Wait, they were listening. That's yeah. That's nice. <laughs> well, Carrie, man, thank you so much for coming on and spending a little bit of time with us. I, I love your story. I mean, obviously getting into real estate, you've really been successful right out of the gates. You've got such a great mindset, uh, you know, and how you're approaching real estate. And we're thrilled to have you as a franchisee. Uh, obviously, you know, we wanted to have you on yeah. because you're one of our banner franchisees. You're doing ex exactly what we had hoped our franchises would do. And you're having success as a result. And so I don't want to take up too much of your time because I know how busy you are. You're out there slinging yeah. deals and, and <laughs> we want to be a part of that. So Carrie, thanks so much for coming on. We really appreciate it. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you both for, for actually creating Red Barn, you know, franchise. It's, it's uh, made the path a little easier. And, and, you know, what's great is, you know, the help that I get from Dave to be able to bounce ideas off of him. I, I couldn't do without him either. So I just want to throw that out there. I appreciate the support we get from the team. Awesome. Excellent. Awesome. Well, we appreciate you. Take care. Hey, and Carrie, just so you know, we're coming up there. I know I keep saying that. It's just winter. I'm going to wait until it gets a little oh, warmer. Oh, come on. Look, it's beautiful. We're bringing the cameras. We're bringing snow. The... I want to yeah, see We're bringing houses. the cameras when the snow melts, right? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I'll have something really exciting for you to look at then. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Sounds good. Awesome. Thanks, Carrie. Appreciate you coming on. Have a great, have a great day. day. You too. Bye-bye. Bye. Man, Carrie, man, she's awesome. Was that so good or what? She 
man, she's killing it. I mean, I didn't know she had 11, 11 properties uh, under contract just this week, man. That's, that's amazing. I love it. Well, I actually did. I had looked at it. Uh, yeah, obviously we're supporting her. And so I, I see a lot of the deals that come through here and I looked at it. I was like, oh yeah. my gosh, I might need to take that deal down. It looked darn good. I just don't know anything about yeah. Erie, Pennsylvania. I need to go up there and like walk around, I think to feel good about it. But I mean, student housing. Wait, wait till the snow. Let's go up there, but I wait till know. the snow. I know. I, I really want to get up there, but I do. I don't want to go up there in the middle of the snow. That's not ideal necessarily, but student housing. I love student housing. I think there's so much potential, mm -hmm. uh, you know, and long-term consistency with student housing. So to me, it's a killer deal. Good for her, though, man. I love the fact that she's yeah. out there just wheeling and dealing right out of the gates. Yeah, it's been a been a really strong start for her and just for for, for Red Barn Home Bars. So, how about the podcast? What do you think of the podcast? First I, time back, how's I it mean, feel? You know, I've been out of the seat for a, a year. Feels pretty good, man. I, I'm not gonna be. I'm not gonna lie. It's do you, do, this is your first podcast. What do you think? Do you have a good time? First time I've done a lot of podcasts just in in, in different, you know, pretty much in the academic sector. But you know, this is a blast. I love it. I think we should do it again. You want to do another one? I think we should. Here's what I like: no pressure to talk about anything specific. Like if we want to talk about pickles, man, let's talk about pickles. I like talking about dill pickles, and I'm telling you, I'm getting kind of hungry. I think it's time to go get a lean lunch. Still trying to save. You know, the other, you know, maybe next time we talk about sleep. I got a, I got a, a four month old at home Oof. and that baby is not sleeping through the night. Oof. But the truth is there's been times in my life I didn't sleep really well. So maybe we'll talk about some sleep, how to get good sleep. I could not do that. I require lots of sleep. I've actually taken NyQuil three nights in a row just because I want to sleep good. I got to, got to have it. Do you wake up in the middle of the night just thinking about things? Not, not when I take NyQuil. That's why I took it. <laughs> yeah, just drug yourself up. <laughs> I just, sometimes you just got to drug yourself to get a good sleep. Yes. <laughs> no, that's it. Answer that question. There are plenty, at least one night a week. I'll wake up at four and be like, dang it. I'm awake, man. Yeah, yeah. Just thinking about that next deal, right? Well, that next deal is what the big deal is. Exactly. Yeah. That next, that next guest on the deal farm podcast. And I'm thinking about that next diaper I got to change. That's oh, <laughs> when I'm up in the middle of the night. Good luck with that. Good luck with that. Yeah, no kidding. All right, let's uh, let's do it again next week. If you're up, I love it. Let's do it again. All right, man. Peace out. See you, friends. Thanks so much for making it all the way to the end of today's podcast. If you or possibly a friend has any interest in learning more about real estate investing or opportunities with Red Barn Home Buyers, take a minute and head on over to redbarnhomes.com and check out our investors page or our franchise page, or just drop us a note. We'd love to hear from you. Can't wait to see you on the next episode of The Deal Farm.